Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today, I have Deepa Punjani with us on Audio Gyan. She's an editor and a content writer for a well-known website, Mumbai Theatre Guide. which has been active for past two decades she has taken countless interviews of known and unknown gems of india and people of the world of theater and today i am going to know her process and more about mumbai theater guide so thank you deepa for giving us your time and it's a real pleasure to have you on audio can thank you kedar yeah uh, so uh, there are two parts to this conversation one uh, is uh, general my curiosity about knowing your process of how do you interview because you have been doing that for quite some time now and the second part is mainly i like ramu ramanathan helped me with coming up with few questions because i'm not really a domain expert uh, in theater so yeah the first uh, first thing which i want to ask you is uh, since this could be insightful and helpful for those uh, especially in the podcasting community which is just booming up in india so asking questions itself is also an art form right of course, so yeah. so i want to know you what is your process of taking interview what is do you have an objective in mind while you are interviewing people from theater and uh, what's what's the process like well you know in fact uh, i take inspiration from people like you um okay. uh, you know who using you know uh, the resources of the web hmm. like the podcast uh, to conduct interviews hmm. of course at mumbai theater guide we do more than interviews hmm. uh, so interviews is just one aspect of what we do we are a niche theater website hmm. with uh, a number of sections ranging from previews to reviews news information about theater groups auditoriums and so forth hmm. uh well specifically about my process of you know conducting an interview for me it's just not enough to be asking um, obvious questions hmm. so i do try to make it a point to of course know the person whom i'm interviewing hmm. in some cases i do know the person and it becomes easy but there are instances where i don't know the person and then i may just have seen you know some work of theirs or may have not seen that work at all and i'm still to you know do that interview then i make it a point to read up as much as i can to find out as much as i can about the person if uh, you know they're associated with a theater group or a company i try to find out that i try to find out about the people they may have worked with and uh, then to also you know uh kind of you know push things hmm. um so uh you know one would one would start off by maybe just uh kind of warming the scene by asking about who the person is in case i don't know the person but then the idea is also to go deeper to broad to when it comes to let's say this would work better if i would give you an example so if i am interviewing a theater director hmm. then if i've seen the work then i can you know talk about you know their form their style but if i haven't then i ask them questions about that okay so the idea is to also and then it's it just doesn't stop at you know asking about form and style but it's also about you know who has inspired them hmm. 
what background have they come from what training they have had hmm. and where do they see themselves going ahead mm-hmm. so but does this mean that um when you know the person it's better to take out more and more insights but the trade off is of course i mean there's no, there's no doubt you know you know a person you 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 know especially if you've seen the person's work over a period of time hmm. you're exposed to a body of work hmm. then definitely in that sense you have more insight hmm. no but what i want yeah. to point out is then what happens when say say if you have followed a particular director's work right and you already know the preface you already know the background of the person and so you're documenting just something which is which uh, is your curiosity or probably uh, what the people are looking for but what happens to uh, so you start off from that note which already establishes that people might be knowing his background well it's, background. it's it's always possible that you know uh, things that you know are asked in an interview someone as may know about those things hmm. and as i said uh, you know one also warms the scene right hmm. uh, in terms of asking familiar questions hmm. but then then going ahead correct it's it's also about asking you know uh, well you know in theater they say that you know as in you know film or um, let's say that there are that many stories out there right or that many plots out there but it's not about that it's about how you say your story mm-hmm. or how you want to you know put forth the same story in a different way take myths for example mm-hmm. so many people have interpreted the mahabharata correct right i mean this common example i'm giving and yet uh, what makes a certain production interesting is that person's interpretation hmm. of that text hmm. or that character hmm. and then you want to ask the director hmm. again to you know i mean it 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 could be the set designer it could be the light designer hmm. costumes may be done very differently hmm. a certain actor might have approached the text in a particular way or the character in a particular way hmm. so then you are interested in asking uh, about that interpretation hmm. and then i think you slowly get into the process of things and that is what i think makes then that interview different mm-hmm. but it's not always the case i mean sometimes yeah. you might find you know it's it's really simple and straightforward as well correct yeah. yeah yeah and then what's the role of the editor in this i mean because uh do you have an objective while publishing a particular article interview or a story of, of course all the time this is something that i've learned on the job hmm. uh, so i can't say that i edit in the same way that i used to edit 10 years ago hmm. i have also learned i have also grown and uh, in my editing the one thing i've realized is um reviews are of course different because reviews are a point of view and they're very subjective and we do encourage uh, reviews not only to be informed but again you know to look at different aspects of the production and to be critical hmm. in, you know in an let's say let's say critique more than you know being critical so much uh but when it comes to editing i don't you know change people's views hmm. i don't like doing that hmm. that is not my job as an editor especially when it comes to review writing as i said it's subjective but what i do tend to focus on not just editing reviews but any other content is that language is very very important mm-hmm. so it has to be precise it has to be concise 
the semantics have to read correctly hmm. and really i think for me what is more important is clarity hmm. and i encourage clarity in the mind of the writer clarity in the mind of the writer of course so that just doesn't sort of you know come across in the language that is employed but also the thought process of that writer hmm. it should come across clearly hmm. and i think that's the job of the editor sometimes you know i have very good writers and uh, they may not have the language hmm. and for me that is actually okay okay because they have the thought hmm. right hmm. and then in that sense my role as an editor uh of course is to you know make sure that that thought comes across well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's condensed in the right manner mm-hmm. cool cool uh now like i would like to tell the listeners also that this section is almost entirely unscripted and i want to just deep dive into review section because that just crossed my mind right now mm-hmm. uh I don't know whether I'm going too philosophical in this uh, uh, this particular piece. Is that uh, it's very tough to write reviews for plays, right? Because uh, because it's just one instance of one play which you have seen. Like it has number of shows. It happens multiple times. Sometimes it's off. So how do you construct a review also? Because it's very tricky uh, to just comment or critique on a particular show as opposed to the entire. sequence of shows which happen over time and the play also grows eventually. okay so there are a couple of things here i i don't think that um writing reviews for theater is necessarily more difficult than reviewing a book mm-hmm. or a poem for instance okay or a novel hmm. yeah um okay what 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 are reviews really right hmm. let's 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 just um, you know uh, dwell into that a bit hmm. everybody uh, when you know they go and watch a play they they're part of that audience for that show right and you come out having you know your opinions and your observations certain judgment about uh, even judgments yeah. right uh, but what does a reviewer do or what does a critic do hmm. uh, a critic or a reviewer tries to also makes sense uh of what he or she has seen hmm. and put that across to their reader okay right so it is crystallizing your thoughts more fully hmm. when you're writing writing enables you to do that hmm. automatically yeah when you sit down to write it automatically gives uh i think uh your thoughts better form and I think if you're careful enough you will choose your words carefully. Hmm. Right? And then of course you'd go on to say what you thought about the play and so on. Uh theater is about uh an experience at a particular moment in time. Correct. Right? Hmm. So you're right that that experience would vary from show to show. Hmm. And uh you know there could be a good show there could be an okay okay show there could be a bad show and for reasons that has actually sorry that have nothing actually to do with the play itself hmm. you may have a great play but you know on that day when you're having a show you know a, a number of things could go wrong hmm. which are basically not in your control correct uh 
so i think a sensitive reviewer let's say happens to see a good play hmm. on a day when it is not so great you know for the team yeah for okay. the production uh, team then that reviewer would realize that the play is good hmm. and perhaps would go and watch the play again oh okay okay right okay. Mm-hmm. so you got to be sensitive to those aspects mm-hmm. but at the same time you might see a perfectly all right show yeah and uh, uh, you know the the play may not work for you or you know for for any number of reasons mm-hmm. uh and you say what you have to say mm. so generally uh, it's about being sensitive mm-hmm. and what what really also happens i mean it's also about being sensitive to let's say a thing like um, or let's say an aspect like pace mm. pacing is very important in theater Okay. Uh, at what is, pace, at pace does, is is the happening? is the play happening mm-hmm. or or let's say more particularly the show is taking place at a particular pace mm-hmm. and you might not have a very good pace on that day mm. though you have a great play again so again a reviewer critic is sens- sensitive to that mm-hmm. and that's where you are able to you know uh, i think it also comes out of experience, experience over time yeah. and then again with reviews uh, you know uh, i think reviewers grow they don't stay constant because if you're staying constant then you should be very worried as a reviewer mm-hmm. just like what i much said about being an editor that i've grown on the job mm-hmm. i can say the same thing about being a reviewer or a critic mm-hmm. that i don't write the way i used to write 10 years ago mm-hmm. and i think that growth is important it right. is there's no there's nothing like being stagnant or saying you know i know it mm-hmm. you never know you always learn correct and yeah. there's no template also uh yes there sh- and there shouldn't be you know yeah. now for instance you know i've had a very very good experience recently um engaging with participants who are as young as you know uh, 12 and 13 years old wow. hmm. and uh, they have participated in a review writing competition okay. uh, that has been organized by the pomegranate workshop In fact the play that the pomegranate workshop has produced has young participants the youngest i think is 10 or 11 and the oldest is 16 or 17 mm-hmm. so these school students um you know of bombay scottish don bosco and uh, the nahar school at pawai they saw this play and they've written reviews mm. uh and i'm looking forward to reading those reviews mm. beautiful beautiful um so yeah moving on to uh, the questions which uh, ramu sir helped me with and mm. also slightly covering the other aspect of mumbai theater guide so can you uh, tell us uh, like you have been helm of the mumbai theater guide for past two decades now so well not two decades really kedar uh, i have been with mumbai theater guide for 14 years now 14 years okay so this would yeah. be yeah i mean my 15th year so to speak okay but okay. yes my my theater experience goes over two decades mm-hmm. uh, i started doing theater much earlier hmm. i joined mumbai theater guide think somewhere in 2004 okay late okay. 2004 okay okay so what what are the trends that you have seen uh, in the last 20 years uh there are i mean i wouldn't speak about trends in so much as let me talk about what i think have been crucial uh, changes mm-hmm. and even developments and 
and uh, I would go back to my own experience in that sense when I started doing theater, which was in college in my last year. It was 1996, so you're already in the mid 90s, hmm. and I believe that theater in this country underwent a significant change. Okay. Post the 90s, hmm. just like India changed. Correct. Right. This Because I recollect, same uh, statement was done by Atul uh, uh, Atul Pete. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think one genre of theater that mm. has definitely been affected, mm. you know, by this change post liberalization, mm. is street theater. Is street theater? Yeah. Okay. Because immediately in this period, you know, you saw a dilution mm. of the workers' movements, of the trade union. Correct. Right. Mm. And. I don't think street theater, from there on, has really been able to grapple hmm. with this new environment. Okay, sorry for asking a naive question, but street theater—what what's the definition like? So, well, when you talk about street theater, you're talking about um, well, many uh, terms would come in, like hmm. resistance theater, protest theater, theater of activism. Okay. Basically, socially relevant theater, even political theater, mm-hmm. right? Okay, okay. And uh, one of the m- most prominent theater, street theater groups in the country is Janam, mm-hmm. the Jananatya Manch, which is a Delhi-based group. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even it does done street theater. Well, mm-hmm. uh, so in that sense, you could also extend, you know, this not being able to, you know. Deal with the changes in 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 an effective way, or let's say you know to find yourself out of debt, or even dated, uh, has something that has even affected Hindi theater. Mm-hmm. You, you you look like you look at an organization like IPTA, mm. which is a pre-independence organization, right? Correct. Yeah. And the whole idea about IPTA was you know to take theater to the masses to speak about. You know, social issues, political issues, hmm. and you see all that has changed. Uh, you know, once we liberalized, hmm. and I don't think uh, we, we we've been able to find a way to you know address these situations. Okay. Uh, not to say that protest theater does not exist, street theater does not exist. I know of some wonderful. Protest theater groups, hmm. you know, people who are activists in you know what they seek to do, choose to do, when it comes to you know social problems, problems of caste, especially, uh, they are there. Those people are there, but it's all very fragmented. Hmm. Yeah, so hmm. that's one problem, uh, and it's not that the there are no problems. In fact, uh, you know, uh, the problems have only sharpened. Hmm. Take inequality, for instance. You've never seen so much inequality in this country as we are seeing it today. Hmm. Yeah, people talk about the failure of the left, <laughs> and many of these uh, progressive theater groups, hmm. street theater companies, you know, uh, you know, have uh, or let's say are associated with that ideology. Hmm. Yeah, but I'm talking when I'm talking about the failure of the left. You're talking about the failure of the electoral left. Correct, correct. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
and there's there's a lot there mm-hmm. so one can't really even you know look at it in a microcosm mm-hmm. yeah you have various ambedkarite movements yeah uh but how how do you how do you all bring this together mm-hmm. and i think before the 90s it was clearer to theater groups who were involved in this kind of theater mm-hmm. but i think they've somewhere lost the plot and they need to be thinking you know in a more focused manner mm-hmm. so you're saying if i'm not misunderstood like after 90s um the subtext has diluted no i i there's there's no question of any subtext or any dilution there as i said i think the plot has been lost right okay, so okay. as I, and that the di- the dilution has happened in the union movement mm-hmm. the workers movement mm-hmm. yeah that's where the dilution has happened mm-hmm. but have have these street theater groups or have you know organizations like ipta mm-hmm. been able to reinvent themselves i think okay. not okay yeah okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's 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 one aspect to it you know i mean i'm sure other people will have other views yeah, but i i i do feel and you know um and perhaps at the risk of sounding very bold that you know you you when you start acting in a vacuum hmm. or you know you harp on issues which are no longer relevant hmm. you know and obviously you know that is going to translate into a production hmm. then all that you're left with is a sense of you know it's done dusted Past. dated mm. and what now where do you go from here now mm. yeah so that's one thing one one very one big thing i think and that i think has also affected i think more in terms of you know um let's say a divide between urban and rural realities mm. 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 which yeah. is a completely different thing but there is a big disconnect between people who do theater in cities like bombay and in delhi then what's going out you know in other places mm. also in other regions in the country correct correct and let me tell you there is a great diversity there kidar mm-hmm. sheer diversity in terms of language in mm-hmm. terms of culture in terms of you know the different kinds of theater that happen mm. so how 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 do you deal with that mm-hmm. so that's the other thing mm-hmm. the other thing that i've noticed is um, there are lots of uh, new theater spaces in the city hmm tamasha type not tamasha type you're looking at pocket spaces of theater okay oh are you referring to the tamasha studio yeah i'm so sorry yeah. i i was I, i was thinking about tamasha okay as a um, form as a form the <laughs> the folk yeah. theater form mm-hmm. yes of course so there's tamasha studio there is the kuku club uh, one of my favorite spaces in the city is the black box at the g5a mm-hmm. uh, and where i think they also have made it a point to uh, have a vision about curation mm. and a lot of these spaces including tamasha Uh, they are like little art centers hmm. they do more than theater hmm. there are also little laboratories where work gets created hmm. and you know where rehearsals can take place hmm. 
without you know bothering about or you know uh, you know facing the headache of where you might rears mm-hmm. because space is at a premium in the city and this trend is also in delhi uh yeah in delhi i've heard about a few uh, spaces mm. and of course uh, you know now with outposts like gurgaon and so forth mm. you know they've they've developed their own little spaces there mm. but in bombay i i see many many alternative spaces if you might call them mm. uh where the idea is also to try and bring in the people in that community in that neighborhood i don't know if tamasha has been successful in doing that and drawing audiences from mm. in and around versova mm-hmm. one of the things i would you know i would be very happy about if you know these spaces would succeed in you know involving the local people mm-hmm. yeah i think it's also in pune because i spoke to nipun also uh, some time back and there are also these small pockets uh, happening now yeah Yeah. And and one has always had some form of drawing room theater mm. uh you know or supper theater so that's not really new. Mm. But these new spaces and of course not not all spaces are you know designed as they should be mm. or you know as equipped as they should be. Mm. So that's something I think the people who run these spaces the groups who perform there Correct. need to give more thought to. Mm. as i said g5a is an excellent example mm-hmm. but that necessarily cannot be said of all the new spaces mm-hmm. in the city and then there are limitations of you know various kinds we've tied up mm-hmm. with various new spaces mm-hmm. little spaces mm-hmm. so yeah these are the two things any uh, well, but the third thing i can also think about is um, uh, well young uh, contemporary women uh, theater directors Okay. and actresses mm-hmm. uh creators uh i remember when i was doing my mphil uh, the names that i was exposed to at that time uh were all the kind of big names from the nsd anuradha kapoor neelam mansing choudhary uh maya krishna rao uh and i personally uh looked at the work of shushma deshpande and jyoti subhash but what i'm finding now is that there 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 is a new generation mm. of young women who are doing interesting work uh some of them are gullin judge uh, there is uh, sheena khalid uh there's pooja pooja and sheena they 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 work together uh with patchworks ensemble there's mm. dipika arvind from uh, bangalore there's in in terms of contemporary dance uh, there's priti atreya from chennai mm-hmm. uh, and uh, i i i hope that you know they are able to you know do more work mm. because their work does seem uh, to show some promise and uh, the other thing that i've also noticed is a greater sensitivity towards the lgbtq community mm-hmm. so you have various place that uh, you know talk about the issues faced by the lgbtq btq mm. community mm. about transgenders and so on mm. yeah mm-hmm. cool um uh, again slightly changing tracks uh, like you spoke about certain trends but uh, what is happening to 
the theaters itself the the spaces itself like for example uh what's what's so unique or what's so different about say a shivaji mandir as opposed to bahidas or ncpa versus some other uh place so can you share some insights on that like what's your experience of what kind of plays are happening here and how has these spaces also evolved uh the history of theater in mumbai in some senses has been tied to its people hmm. now there are four language theaters in bombay that hmm. are mainstream theaters can i and increasingly you know i've come to think this is such a unique situation yeah not only in india but probably in the world is one city where you have theater happening at any given time in at least four languages yeah yeah and these are hindi marathi gujarati and english english and of course then theater happens in you know other regional languages such mm. as sindhi konkani tamil mm. kannada mm. urdu also for that urdu yeah. as well when when we speak of our hindi theater we are really talking about hindustani theater right mm-hmm. or urdu theater we are not talking about the sanskritized hindi correct okay, okay. um so Shivaji Mandir has been a bastion for Marathi theater in the city. Hmm. Like Bhaidas is associated with Gujarati theater hmm. or Tejpal hmm. in South Bombay. So what you might say is that these theaters uh are determined in many ways, you know, by their audience. So you'll have Marathi theater people frequenting Shivaji Mandir or Dinanath in Vilepalle. Hmm. Gujarati theater people you know flocking to Bharatiya Vidya Bhavan uh Bhaidas Tejpal and so on hmm. yeah and Gujarati plays commercial plays or professional plays you know take place in those theaters while there are theaters just dedicated to Marathi theater hmm Hindi theater and English theater in that sense is more fluid hmm but you'll not see an English play in happening in Shivaji Mandir Shivaji Mandir yeah yeah or a hindi play for that matter hmm. you might see a hindi or an english play at mysore at mysore auditorium at king circle hmm. it's possible hmm. yeah so it's a unique s- situation which has existed in the country for hmm. many many years and it continues to exist hmm. and it's 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 a special situation and and by the way all these theaters the main theaters language theaters are located near railway stations hmm so it yeah. becomes very easy for the people of course i i don't think that's necessarily the concern now hmm. because you know yeah uh, but when it was designed at that it time it was designed maybe. at that time it was the idea was that you know there should be a station close by hmm. wow brilliant insight <laughs> i don't know if it's an insight and this is also something no, that you know i i i have i have only learned <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't say it's my insight at all yeah mm-hmm. but I I would like to go back briefly to the previous uh, question in terms of as I said not trends but what I've been noticing uh, one of the other things that I've noticed is uh, also for uh, theater makers uh, to engage with you know other forms hmm yeah like poetry and uh yes or- yes I mean poetry has always been part of performance hmm. uh, but let's say to with with video installation for instance hmm yeah hmm. or in some way work you know with an artist hmm 
Yeah. So you you see these collaborations that also happen. Hmm. They don't frequently happen, but they happen. But this is like a more contemporary thing, well, right? Well, uh, you, you could get, you could just simply call it contemporary uh, uh, performance, or just say performance stroke theatre. Hmm. It doesn't matter. Hmm. But you see this happening, and uh, and I wish it it would happen more. Hmm. It doesn't happen uh, often. and not everything that is done in you know in this collaborative way turns out to be uh uh something that you know stays on with you hmm. but what's important i think is the effort and you would want people you would want theater people to engage with the other domains of you know art hmm. and literature hmm. and even science hmm. because theater is you know uh one form that you know brings so many things together hmm. it brings so many people as well together hmm. you know it's 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 a composite d- discipline hmm. yeah and i don't think any single one person can take credit hmm. uh for you know a theater show hmm. i think that's what also makes it uh, special correct correct yeah it's very tough to uh like crystallize in few words also what theater is as a as a medium itself right it's, it's yes like uh, yeah. and 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 as i said there are all kinds of players mm. yeah, yeah there's no just one kind of play okay. uh it would be nice for you know young people to be more exposed mm. you know to what's happening first of all around the you know mm. country okay uh some people some young people do that mm. like gurleen judge she does mm. that mm. you know she's aware about uh in terms of what's happening uh let's say you know when she did the play the hunger artist hmm. uh but people can have different views about the performance but what struck me is that you know she took the effort to uh look at what is happening to the cotton farmers hmm. in uh, the marathwada and the vidarbha regions in maharashtra hmm. and it's a bad situation hmm yeah yeah cool uh so diva you mentioned about working uh, as in like about the four uh, languages uh, in which theater happens so that's a nice segue because you have been an actor at a gujarati commercial stage as mm, well yes. so i want to many many just, years ago <laughs> yeah. so just uh, can you quickly highlight upon what's what's the kind of playwrights gujarati has produced or um, or is it changing right now what's the trend like Uh, the good Gujarati theatre playwrights that because what I per, have known per, of, as yeah. per my understanding, at least I've seen a lot of adaptations and translation work which happens. Yes, on on the commercial stage, yes, but there are. I mean, there have been good. I mean, have been good Gujarati theatre playwrights and uh, uh, Nashil Mehta, Bupen Khakkar wrote a play, mm-hmm. the artist, mm-hmm. uh, wonderful play. Manilal Mojilal. Hmm. Ramu has written a play in Gujarati yeah, that yeah. was translated. Uh, Soumya Joshi, I I think you mentioned him. Hmm. You know when hmm. you wrote to me hmm. yeah. uh, about Gujarati theatre. Uh, well, uh, I like Soumya's early work hmm. when he was not known. Uh, now there is uh, Sneha Desai, hmm. who's uh, become popular on the commercial stage. Uh, but 
I it's I I I'm very hard pressed now to think of you know uh, good writers for the Gujarati stage and I think the Gujarati stage suffers from this problem. Hmm. They keep talking about just as Marathi theatre talks about a dwindling audience, hmm. about a greying audience, hmm. and you you'd find this kind of thing repeated, you know, in other places in the world as well, hmm. in different contexts, of course. Uh, but here I feel that uh, you know if uh, our theatre makers would have to engage you know uh, new and young audiences it's absolutely possible to do that but uh, then it's also about you know the content hmm. and uh, i'm afraid that 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 content is lacking hmm. but there have been and madurai i mean well, good good writer but i'm i'm talking about the people you know i'm of an earlier generation hmm. um I've come across some good directors but these, not sorry, not, not if, writers hmm, yeah I mean I'm talking about contemporary Gujarati theater mm-hmm. yeah no these names uh, are like slightly unfamiliar for me but just to understand the background are they with dubey and tendulkar times or no, uh, they no, are no, much no, earlier no, no. so so, so Norshil, of course uh, new satyadev dubey mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, madurai I believe settled in the US mm-hmm. uh so girish desai hmm. uh, he was known popularly as girish, girish bhau hmm. uh, you know at bhartiya vidya bhavan hmm. he used to helm the bhartiya vidya bhavan now it's kamlesh mota hmm. uh, he encouraged you know some good work hmm. uh, in gujarati theater as an actor as a director and also in having a kind of uh, vision for bhartiya vidya bhavan hmm. um but writers no as i said i can all i i, I can think of these names madura and orshil um bhupen but mm-hmm. they're all they're all past mm-hmm. i i i i'm i'm looking ahead uh, hoping that there might mm-hmm. be i don't know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, a gujarati uh, writer uh, mm-hmm. that would spring up enough to you know uh, hold my attention mm-hmm. yeah cool um you are also head of uh, the indian critics association not a, is... not a head uh, more of a representative of hmm. uh, of this is the indian national section mm-hmm. of the international association of theater critics okay okay so the international association of theater critics is a world body hmm. and it draws uh, critics from more than 50 countries hmm. from around the world hmm. and a country which has more than 10 members uh, can form a section Okay. So India is a section. Okay. We were able to form a section because we are more than ten, hmm. and uh, it's a f- very very old body, the IATC. Hmm. Uh, it was found sometimes in the mid fifties, hmm. um, and it's it's doing I think uh, uh, good work. You know where the domain of theatre criticism is concerned, because again it's such a small specialized field, right? Correct. So I mean the fact that there is an organization that recognizes theater criticism reviewing mm. as a discipline and mm. as something that they'd like to encourage and you know have more young people you know join in I think that is very good yes mm-hmm. yeah So and when do you think like India uh, Indian stage uh have a formidable critic like tamwar singh who created uh, uh but uh, yeah i i i i recall uh, that question because you wrote to me about it mm. well 
I know little about Namwar Singh except that you know he's very well known and he's known as a progressive literary critic mm-hmm. and you know that's where I would like to also draw your attention and distinction between literary criticism mm. and uh, theater criticism stroke reviewing okay okay mm-hmm. so while uh, theater criticism can be very much part of literary criticism mm. uh, you know when you talk about plays that are made into the literary canon so to speak hmm. yeah uh, and you know there have been academics who have written about these plays hmm. you know when i talk about uh, having you know made their way into the literary canon you know you you would refer to you know plays by tendulkar for example hmm. or girish kannad uh, and then you know academics would study those plays write about those plays but theater reviewing Hmm. is a very different exercise hmm. because theater reviewing has more to do with performance live performance hmm. and it has to do with uh engaging with the discipline on a regular basis hmm. you might be writing for a newspaper or in in my case i write for a website you know where we are continuously watching you know different kinds of plays hmm. and you know attending different shows hmm. and then you know we we write about those hmm. plays or those shows and when we write we we engage with it in a different way than you know let's say an academic uh uh critic might hmm. for let's say a drama journal hmm. so there are overlaps no doubt but i think both of them have a very very different and a separate function to perform hmm. the way i like to see by reviewing is um, it has to be about the performance it's a, has to be about the show that i've watched mm. as well mm. but it also needs to have the rigor of let's say you know an academic critic in terms of you know uh, looking at aspects very very closely mm. and not just superficially mm. but the but then with academic critics then there's another fallout is that they write about plays but they may have never seen a performance of the play mm-hmm. and that becomes tricky as well so i think both 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 exist in a very separate domain mm-hmm. and then again you're talking about a country like india kedar mm-hmm. where you're talking about so many languages right yeah. uh, you will have uh, critics writing in their regional language mm-hmm. let's say marathi for example or people like me who write in english but i could well be writing about a gujarati play or a hindi play or even a marathi play mm. because yeah. i do happen to you know understand these languages mm. fairly mm. Mm. there there are critics who may not understand uh, uh, let's say hindi mm. or marathi and they may be only comfortable watching english plays so and it all depends on who you are where you come from Hmm. and uh, you know what languages you have hmm correct uh just moving on to the same, uh, like the next question but on the same topic <clears throat> uh which is actually my second last question uh so your reviews of plays uh, by theater makers like rihan engineer or uh, deepam shivaramam uh have been like praised a lot so what what kind of what sets that uh review apart from the rest of them or 
or what have you learned while reviewing that particular play as well um well i think you find they are full of praise because they are positive reviews mm-hmm. okay. well it is very it is very obvious that i have i have liked that work mm. yeah now it could well be that i might see another play of deepens for instance and may not necessarily appreciate that work in the same way i may have appreciated his earlier play mm. it could happen with rehan engineer as well mm. yeah so again it's it's about you know what play it is that particular production at that time and uh well uh, to uh, let's say let's take rehan's example uh, uh i have liked his work because i think uh, what he does is he tends to um, uh you know first of all be very very professional hmm you know i'm you know i'm i might sound you know it might sound a little banal you know if i'm talking about professionalism hmm but let me tell you you know uh, that's at a premium <laughs> you know where yeah. our theater is concerned correct just being professional enough hmm now rehan gets that very right hmm yeah you you want to see things happening yeah in the right way hmm now of course i'm not going to go into that discussion of what is right or wrong but i'm just saying in in a way where you know you appreciate what's what's happening hmm yeah and it has a reason it has a purpose it's tastefully done the plays he chooses are good plays hmm like the last play i saw of his was uh uh naomi wallaces uh trying to recall the name uh um it it it'll come to me hmm. but a, a a very very good production why also because the play is very good hmm hmm so you have a very very good text at your disposal hmm and then you ensure that you have you know the right actors hmm you take time to work with those actors hmm some of these actors are you know very good anyway hmm but the other thing that you see in a play that has been directed well is that the director has made an effort to also push the actor hmm and you can see that in performance so not necessarily that only good actors you know are actors who you know are different you know in one play than the other you know they can take on different parts but it's also the director's task and role to be able to push those actors hmm towards that character to engage with that character more fully hmm correct yeah so this play that i'm referring to the title beats me but it's set in a time of the uh, uh, you know the big plague in london hmm. in the 1660s okay yeah and you you have a story you know about unequals hmm who are all you know forced to be together in one household hmm well wow. yeah and there are various themes there you you know you're looking at gender you're looking at class you're also looking at religion hmm maybe orientation also yeah yeah so you 
you know when you know the thing is you, you have a good play and a, and then it's such a poetic piece as well hmm. interesting so so <laughs> it's it's so it's not about you know just uh, you know you know okay about always saying that you know this director's work is good this hmm. director's work is good for a b c d e reasons hmm. and then there's a certain as i said a consistency that develops hmm. not jadedness hmm. but you know you you know that you know a certain director is used to working in a certain way hmm. and you appreciate that hmm. but who knows you know the next time around it it may all just fall mm-hmm. and may not you know engage or provoke you in the same manner mm-hmm. I think right now, at least what I can understand or comprehend is like there are multiple layers at which you have to digest certain things to probably understand what the director or what the play is trying to. Yes, and also where you are coming from, right? As hmm. a reviewer, hmm. why are reviews subjective? Hmm. You know, anybody who says a review is objective does not know. Correct. Reviews hmm. can never be objective. Yeah. the only thing you can be objective is about you know getting you know your language right yeah. or making sure that you know your your thoughts come across clearly mm. or you have a structure to your review mm. you know that is readable mm. but that's about it yeah. everything reports could be objective because it's what like what box office or what numbers financial yeah those are like yeah uh, yes naturally yeah, yeah? but otherwise any appreciation of any art form mm. theater or otherwise mm. is going to be a very subjective experience mm. and subjectivity also you know in terms of who you are and where you come from mm. what you've been exposed to correct cool <laughs> all right uh, one last question uh, since uh, you have you've explored so many things uh, in uh, quite some time so wh- what would be the top 5 i know it's a cliche question but yeah like top 5 ever you know we never give ratings uh, to plays. the place no, no. Oh, okay we, so say know, like we, we, no, no. we review or we write about uh-huh. it's one thing i've deliberately you know uh, no it's not from a uh, like mumbai theater guy perspective i understand i know yeah, i would it's, so it's 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 this is never an easy question you know hmm. i mean we we i try to you know grapple with that question hmm. uh when you know it's the year end Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and to you know just you know look back and think what's happened you know in a particular year hmm. but uh, yeah uh, so is it going to be about which are the top 5 plays is that your question yeah not top 5 but oh. i would say must 5 watch plays or uh five plays which have lasted or like been test of time have uh, very, like yeah this is this is a difficult question for this interview because i really have to think very hard okay. and uh, you know all those plays may not necessarily have been plays that i may have seen uh, in 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 yeah. bombay or in india yeah. i've seen some good work abroad as well mm-hmm. um no it's a, it's 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 a it's tough, a tough question one, yeah. yeah but uh, uh, So again, I'll I'll speak about the hunger artist because that's something you know uh, I saw last year uh, towards the end of the year, and which in fact I wrote about in you know our closing newsletter for two thousand and eighteen that be uh, this be hmm. to use the cliche quote unquote top hmm. three plays, hmm. uh, 
and just very recently i saw a very very nice production and again a again in terms of the content mm. as well as the form uh, a production from wales okay. by invertigo theater company and it's called my body welsh mm-hmm. you know uh, which is uh, essentially talking about identity and how identities are constructed mm. it could be a mix of myth politics and what you might call you know a political national construction Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. wales you know uh, i think occupies a very very unique position just like northern ireland or scotland mm-hmm. you know when we talk about great britain mm-hmm. interesting i all right i think uh, obviously there are a lot of more things to be question answered discussed debated and uh, yeah it's it's a never ending thing but uh, on this note i think uh, we'll conclude this section at least and of course, thank you yeah. thank you for giving your time and it not was not at all not yeah, at all it was really pleasure talking to you and lot of food for thought for uh, I, my personal I, I i hope so i hope <laughs> i've been able to you know crystallize my own thoughts hmm. you know in this interview hmm. yeah thank you okay. kedar uh, one more thing uh, is yeah just a plug of mumbai theater guide like if people want to know they have to visit yes mumbai uh, and, and 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 i i i should certainly plug it uh, uh because it really i mean not just to say because i have been working for it or have been editing it for all these years but i can't think of any other website in india that is such a theater niche website hmm. and which provides regular information and content about theater uh, especially in mumbai but you know we we just not restricted in that way to mumbai hmm. you know we we spoken to people from outside mumbai hmm. we've done interviews with them we've carried feature articles uh, about uh, theater from outside mumbai as well hmm. so while the focus of course is mumbai uh, we we we've never limited ourselves to it hmm. and we have a weekly newsletter uh that goes out free you can subscribe to it for free uh we have over 70000 subscribers now i'm told mm-hmm. and we have a facebook page with over 90000 followers wow mm-hmm. uh and i know that we have slowly but surely established ourselves um in the theater scene in mumbai and mm. in the country Mm, yeah, yeah yeah so all the best for that as well thank uh, you and, thank uh, you yeah do check out mumbaitheaterguide.com please do yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay thank you that's thank it. you yes and that's it from today's gyan session catch us on itunes savan stitcher or any podcasting app you use do rate us on itunes and follow us on twitter facebook and instagram stay tuned for more gyan on audiogyan.com till then bye